God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, At the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Yes, yes. Welcome to By Design. We're glad that you're with us today. By Design's mission is to educate and encourage people to embrace God's design for marriage and family as the fun, fundamental building blocks for all human civilization and to celebrate the union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Uh, forgive my forgive my fumbling there. Just oh, to it's easy for us to say, but <laughs> m- way more difficult to actually live out. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we, we are glad that you're with us today. We have a, a topic, man, I think that all couples have to, you know, observe, and that is forgiveness within okay. marriage. And I, I think that is so important because we know, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, you know, it, it reminds us to keep in mind what has been done for us, mm-hmm. you know. And so even in the context of our marriage, sometimes we can be ones that will hold back and say, you know, well, I'm still upset. I'm still angry. You know, I don't want to forgive right now. And I think there's room, you know, for a little time. But we have to come back to it to where forgiveness is, you know, given. And so uh, even in the scriptures, when it talks about the one and others, you know, sometimes we don't apply those type of things to marriage. And I think, you know, we talked about that the last time we were on, how these different scriptures outside of the quote-unquote marriage scriptures still apply to our marital relationships. And so it's important that we uh, observe forgiveness. Yeah, I think, I'm not sure if we did, but did we introduce ourselves and say that that you're Will and I'm Miki? No. And that we're, that we're married? If we didn't, we should probably. <laughs> well, I'm Will. At this point, maybe people recognize our voices, but just taking nothing for granted. Um, and I'm Miki, and uh, we're married almost 18 years um, this year. And talking about forgiveness is one of those, t- I would say it's one of those topics that's easier to talk about mm-hmm. than it is to actually live it, live it out. But interestingly enough, when you think of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. it's one of the most difficult things to do. It is. And yet, at the same time, it yields the greatest impact in terms of navigating the reality of marriage. Like, if you think about this, I mean, we are living out daily what it is to forgive as we have been forgiven with the greatest opportunity right. to um, to sin against one another, uh, to be hurt by one another, um, to require the forgiveness yes. that we so often require, you know, yes. of the Lord. Yeah. And, and yet it's the most difficult thing to do, but it's the strongest glue that we have. If you think about it, like you think about in marriage. So we are submitting to the Lord's righteous commands of us um, that he tells us to forgive But at the same time, it's not that we're just doing this because, oh, we know it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But as we do this, it actually serves as a glue. It holds us together. I mean, if you think about a lot of the things that we hear, even in talking with other married couples, is this this lack of forgiveness that seems to just sort of, um, I don't know, become sort of like a um, a stain on a marriage and you can never mm. really get over it. If we're able to submit to the scriptures and practice forgiving as we have been forgiven, and we're going to kind of mm. delve into that a little bit um, mm. deeper today, because I think that's important. You know, when we, we talk about forgiveness, I think our default is to forgive with condition. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which is not a biblical definition of forgiveness. We're going to get into that and look at the scriptures. Always want to yeah. go to the straight edge of scripture. But before we do that, I wanted to just kind of be vulnerable and and share a little bit um, in the in the on the topic of forgiveness, because yeah. last time we were talking and we were talking about considering others above yourself. You know, mm. you were really vulnerable in presenting presenting that this is a. This is a topic that is kind of like a little a little touchy. And I thought, wow, you know, it was really a challenge to me that you were being so transparent um, on this particular topic, because it's one of those things that is like an ongoing Lord continue to shape me. Right. It's not like you're like, yeah, that was me. It's like, no, this is an ongoing thing. And I think the same is true for me as it pertains to forgiveness. It's an ongoing thing, learning how to forgive and not requiring more of the person who is seeking forgiveness than Jesus Christ requires of me um, when I need to be forgiven. Mm. And what is that? It is simply that I come to him, yeah. that Amen. I confess my sin, I agree with him, I say the same thing that he says yeah. about sin, right? Yeah. That it is bad. Right. And, and then I repent of that sin, and I ask the Lord to forgive me, and the scriptures teach us that that is what is required for us to be forgiven. Yeah. And yet, as humans... We often go to a situation. Now, let's just be reminded here. None of us is Jesus. Like none of us, (laughs) right, right, can claim any type of perfection or any type of innate standard by which we can hold people against and Mm. say, you need to do this and then I will forgive or I can't believe you, you know. Mm. Mm. And yet this is often how we approach forgiveness. Mm. I know for myself, this was how I approached forgiveness as if – I had some sort I wouldn't have said this. I wouldn't have said it in the terms that I'm about to say it in. But I think when you really boil it all down, um, what you're left with is an inflated view of yourself when you can't forgive people. Mm. You think there is something super great about you. So it's pride. It is absolutely pride. It Mm. is absolutely pride. Mm. And and pride is destructive. Um, Pride is arrogant. And God opposes the proud. Mm. And so when you have a marriage where a person is unwilling to forgive. Now, mind you, one of the the spouses, okay, just depends on who is bent in this way, will often say of forgiveness, I just can't. I just Mm. can't. And so it really sounds like there is an actual legitimate inability. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. The Bible tells you to forgive as mm-hmm. you've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. So if we want to overcome this impediment in our life, if we want to stop stumbling over this, I think the better phrasing is, I won't. I just won't. Because then I think you yeah. you are actually stating the reality of what your position is. Wow. And that adds some weight to it because, you know, you got to take that you before the Lord. You got to, yes. you know, if, you, if you're saying, I, I just won't, mm-hmm. you know, if, you re- if you're real with yourself, mm-hmm. man, that, that's heavy. You know, it is heavy. because then you have to ask your question, the question, what has God not forgiven you of? You know, yes, that yes. If, what if God said, I, I won't forgive? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> we, we would we would we would eternally be in trouble. Yeah. You know, I, I think the the thing about unforgiveness, mm-hmm. unforgiveness and unwillingness to forgive it's very deceptive and and I'll and I'll explain what I mean. It's deceptive in that it feels 
justified mm. when when we have been wrong because remember if we are talking about forgiveness then we are talking about sin anytime you read of of forgiveness in scripture it is because of a transgression it is because of sin so if we are talking about forgiveness then we are talking about a legitimate transgression which means that there is actually hurt there mm. mm-hmm. so we don't want to minimize this by saying and you probably just need to get over it no there's really a hurt There's a deep problem. But remember, the scriptures don't like tell us that we get to apply them when we feel like it's, you know, possible. Like when I feel like that's within my ability to do, Mm -hmm. if I'm capable of doing it here, then I'm going to apply the scriptures. No, we are just given the commands. We have to submit to those. Unforgiveness is very deceptive because you feel justified and that you feel like you have the right to hold back forgiveness. And why do you feel that way? Because you've been hurt. Mm-hmm. Because right. because the person has really truly sinned against you. And so you feel like I I have the right yeah. to hold on to this mm. so that the person knows that this was a deep hurt. But what if what if in marriage our approach was different? Mm-hmm. What if we both go into the situation recognizing that sinning against a brother or a sister is only sin because it is sin against God. If both people go into the situation Mm -hmm. with that full understanding, then what happens is that we recognize that my forgiveness does not minimize the transgression. In fact, my forgiveness is that much greater because I'm saying, yep, this was absolutely wrong. And I absolutely hate that you did this. Right. I mean, because think about it. If it's just light, nah, you know, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You spilled milk, wipe it up. Right. Then you're not really calling on the person yeah. to, to, to be forgiven or you're not really asking the person to forgive you. You're just saying, you're saying my bad, mm. which is totally not asking for forgiveness. No, not at right? all. No. So, so I think it's important for us to understand that the scriptures anticipate the mm. heaviness of forgiveness. Wow. Wow. And I think, I just thinking about this. The uh, we talked about this the last time. The nature of the relationship also adds to it, meaning you know there's a spiritual component to like marriage, and so mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we find it easier to forgive others before mm-hmm. we find it you know easy to forgive our spouse. Yeah. And I and I think that's something that has to be brought out because it's a spiritual attack, and the enemy would love to keep you at a distance from your spouse. Oh, yeah through unforgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever crack he can get through and, you yeah. know, he want to widen that crack and, and, and cause that to be perpetual, like, uh, uh, tension, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's always good for us to remember the spiritual nature is not and because your, your wife or your husband is not your enemy. And, mm-hmm. some, and in those situations, when you've been hurt, you feel that way. You feel mm-hmm. like I'm mad at this person and they almost feel like an enemy. You know, yes. but the enemy yes. is the devil. It's Satan. You know, That's right. the enemy a lot of times is how we allow Satan to use our flesh. That's mm-hmm. the enemy. You know, oh, man. but a lot of times we look at the other person and, and we look at that person as the enemy when uh, that spouse is not. And I think we have to understand and realize in those moments who the enemy is, because the deception is to think that our spouse is the enemy. Yeah, man, that's such a great point. And I, I want to kind of stay there just for a little bit because I was thinking and as I was writing and preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about 
um, Satan's influence when there is unforgiveness, how so Mm. often we don't recognize it. But whenever sin is defended and we feel um, that there is a righteousness in us disobeying God, like we Mm. feel like, you, you know, that is the mark of the enemy at work, yeah. right? Like that the enemy is wanting to divide. He is wanting to separate. But again, getting back to the deception that is unforgiveness, we don't recognize the enemy at work because we feel noble that mm. we hold back forgiveness or we feel like, yeah, there's a, you know, you don't, you don't deserve it. But again, the remedy to this is recognizing that we ourselves do not deserve the forgiveness mm. that comes to us from the Lord. Right. And then, and I would say this, you know, you mentioned sometimes it's easier to forgive those who, you know, outside of our family, certainly um, someone who is not our spouse, it can be easier to do that. And well, I think there's a, there's a, a biblical reason for that as well, because when you talk about transgression, you are talking about wronging someone who's really close to you. Yeah. Right. So yeah. our sin and our transgression, even against the holy and righteous God is transgression because of the nearness of God to us, mm. right? So think about this. So you, you, it's easier for you to say to the person who just says a cross word to you, but you don't expect them to know better, right? <laughs> so it's like it's like the heathens sort of like raging against God. It's like, pff, he just laughs. You know what I mean? Like, come on, he holds them in derision. But for his people who should know him, when they are transgressed, transgressing against him Mm -hmm. it's like the wrath of god is revealed why because there's an element of closeness that carries with it the i would say the inherent expectation that this is more egregious because Mm -hmm. you know me you know me right but but in light of that it makes the forgiveness that comes from god all that much all the more sweet i would Mm. say because we don't deserve it. Right. You know what I mean? We right. do know him and we should know better. So then if you transfer that to the marital context, we do know one another and we should know better, mm-hmm. but we failed, right? Mm-hmm. And when we fail, we need forgiveness. And just as God forgives us when we fail, we are required. This is not mm-hmm. an option. And I think that's the thing yeah. that has to be stressed today. Forgiveness is not optional and it is not pious to harbor unforgiveness. It doesn't make you a better person. It just makes you disobedient, right? Mm. To the point where ultimately you have to face God's judgment on yeah. that. And and it's amazing too, just on a side note about unforgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and bitterness and things like that. Yes, it's a, it, it has a spiritual uh, root to it, but man, it, it, it can affect even physically and mentally. You yeah, know, that right. those things, they manifest in different ways. And so uh, you're not hurting the, the person by not forgiving the person. You know, mm-hmm. you're hurting That's yourself. Right. Yeah. You know, and in a lot of different ways, spiritually, but also mm-hmm. it could be physically and even mentally. And you see why there, there may be different, you know, diseases that pop up, things that happen, you know, and, and sometimes the root of that stuff is unforgiveness or, or bitterness and, and things like that. And, you know, sometimes we just kind of gloss over that, like, no, nah, you know, I just need to get well or whatever, but not really deal with the mm. root, you know, which is maybe going back and forgiving that person that you have not forgiven, you know. And I think uh, even in our uh, marriages, that that's something that we have to shine a light on because there may be some issues that are happening because of uh, unforgiveness from years past, you know, and yeah. that's very real. Absolutely. You know, and and I think 
even that is a part of the confession, mm-hmm. right? Like when, when we think about our interaction with one another, mm-hmm. part of that confession is, man, that hurt me deeply. Yeah. Sometimes the unforgiveness is an unwillingness to be weak, right? Mm. Like forgiving people feels like a weakness. Right. Um, we, we, have a, we, we think that strength is presented in holding on to the offense. So if we would look to God, who is the ultimate, like independent one, the self-existent one, we describe God as um, the, the one who has a saity, that he exists mm. of himself, right? Mm-hmm. So he is the ultimate strong one. And that almost seems like the words fail to accurately describe him. But the the picture we get of him, God, who has need of nothing and no one, this picture we get of him as it pertains to forgiveness, I want to read it. It's mm-hmm. part of the description, right? I mean, because you go throughout the scriptures and you see this gracious and benevolent God. But in Psalm uh, chapter 103, and, and I want to look at verses 8 through 12. So Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. Okay, so (laughs) if there is the strong one who could hold on to his anger forever and like in a literal sense could hold on to this enduring anger, the eternal one could be Mm. angry forever. Wow. But what does the Bible teach us about this strength of God, right? Mm. That he will not keep his anger forever. Verse 10, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who Mm. fear him. Mm. In verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, So far does he remove our transgressions from us? Mm. I'll just skip down verse 13 or keep going. Just one more verse here. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Mm. Um, Okay, verse 14. And then I'm going to (laughs) just look up so that I don't keep doing this. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Wow. Yeah. Now, that is so convicting, right? Because yeah. you think of what our expectations are in marriage. We expect perfect spouses, mm. right? And when we don't forgive or refuse to forgive, mm-hmm. we in our own human frame have forgotten their human frame. Wow. Right? Like we we are dust, That's right. yet holding dust to a standard to, of some sort of mm, precious metal. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's amazing. You brought out that scripture and it talks about, you know, God not holding on uh, to to the anger, you know. And I'm reminded of uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. We've been admonished by uh, Paul, be angry and yet do not sin. Mm -hmm. You know, do not let the sun go down on your anger Mm -hmm. and do not give the devil any opportunity. Mm. So. God, you know, he is not one that will hold on to anger. And the admonishment, you know, for us to, like, let those things go. You know, don't hold on to it, you know. And because when we do, we give place to the devil. We give him an opportunity. And that's exactly what happens in our, like, marital unions. Like, you know, we're, we'll hold on to that thing too long. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, there's a whole other crop of issues that come about because we've, 
held on to, you know, unforgiveness or anger or whatever it may be. And also, there's a scripture in, uh, in Colossians uh, chapter 3. Now, these, this is one of those scriptures where, you know, we've used it for many different, you know, uh, situations, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's partiality or, you know, different things like that. But in the context of marriage, you know, I was thinking about this scripture in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, so as to those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, mm. kindness, <laughs> humility, gentleness, and patience. Then it says in verse 13, bearing with one another. And forgiving each other. Mm-hmm. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, <laughs> you so also should uh, forgive them. And then it says, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of, of unity. Amen. And I think, you know, even with those scriptures, that we can have that in the context of um, brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, that should be that way within the, the body of Christ. But even within our marriages, that should be... Uh, we should put on compassion, <laughs> kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes we don't think about it in that context. But, yes, we need to have those things as a part of our, our marriage and being able to forgive one another, you know, uh, and, and, and also receive forgiveness. And so yes. I think that's so important that we don't only look at some of these scriptures, those one another's, you know, as oh, that's my brother and sister in Christ. Yes, but also... Husband and wives, you know, we need to practice those things at home as well. Man, I want to stay here on the topic of forgiveness and forgiving from the heart and forgiving Mm. as we have been forgiven. And I'm flipping here in my Bible. I wanted to turn to Matthew chapter 18 and uh, look at verses 21 through 35, because I think that there may be some things that are not understood about forgiving from the heart and what that really means. Um, There are people who will say, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget, Mm. you know, or there are people, usually these are the people who have committed the offense Mm -hmm. and they will say, forgive and forget, forgive and forget. (laughs) Right. And so it's like, it's amazing how you have these two different extremes and maybe both presenters not understanding what forgetting actually means. And so we see this in scripture. Mm. Right. Um, But I want to, I want to kind of just explore what this actually means. So in Matthew chapter 18, um, verses 21 through 25. Let me just flip to that real quick because I think that you can't overlook this in scripture. So Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible says here, Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he was sorrowful for he had great possession. Um, wait, hold on. Let me make sure that I'm reading the, the right passage here. Yeah. Matt, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. All right. And then 23. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. I feel like I'm not reading. I think you, the right you need passage. Matthew in chapter right? 18. Are you in Matthew 18? I am. I am in Matthew chapter 18. Verse 21. No, no, no. I'm in Matthew chapter 19. Okay. okay I've been. Okay. I'm reading in the wrong. I'm like, that's not the passage that I was looking for. But I was actually in chapter 19. Okay. Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 35. Now I'm in. Thank you so much. (laughs) Then Peter came up. This is where I need to be. Okay. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king. And this is so important. 
may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle one, I'm sorry, when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me mm-hmm. and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave his debt. Mm-hmm. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. Mm. Verse 29. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Verse 30. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly They were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) I love the Lord. Verse 33. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Mm. So I was thinking about this and I'm telling you, this is so convicting for me because in my struggles with forgiveness and, and this wrong expectation of perfection from people. I mean, that, that is what it is. It's this wrong expectation that um, a person should be perfect even when you yourself are not perfect, Mm, right? mm. This is sinful. This is prideful. But you think about this call that Jesus issues to forgive from the heart. Mm. And it's crazy because you can have the heart of something described even in inanimate objects, right? So you could say the heart of the city or the heart of the matter. And so what is being described? It's not just the emotions, but it is the central inmost part of anything, Right. Wow. So deep down in, in, in the like what makes you who you are. Yeah. What makes you who you are. This is the manner in which you are to forgive. Mm. And so if if what makes you who you are is being a follower of Christ, then you forgive as Christ forgave. Mm. And this biblical forgiveness is that we are choosing choosing not to remember the offense. It's not that it didn't happen. Right. But we are choosing not to act on what it is that did happen. Mm. And this is what it is to forget. So yes, the Bible does speak of the Lord who is gracious, who forgets our sins, right? Mm -hmm. Not that he can't recall them. Right. Oh, what did they do? I don't remember. Nope, it's not that. (laughs) It's that he chooses not to act on what he clearly knows that you did. This is forgiveness. Mm. To be remembered by the Lord is not that, oh, I don't know where that person is. And oh, all of a sudden, I no, but it is for the Lord to act on your behalf now. Mm. For him to acknowledge and to act on your behalf. And so when we forget how people trespass against us, it's not that we just expect to have this brainwashing, if you will. It's that we say, while I remember it, I'm not going to act on it. And why am I not going to act on it? Because he who remembers all things, when I cried out to him, chose not to act on my sin. That's big. That's big. The, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, uh, chapter 4, verse 23, watch over your heart with all diligence, 
for from it flows the springs of life and the way that we watch over our hearts is uh, operating in forgiveness. You know, just like you said, from the heart, we are to forgive. And so, man, I think that's a valuable and a great lesson that, man, you know, we hurt ourselves, you know, when we don't forgive. And it can play out in so many different ways in our lives. And that we can't withhold forgiveness because God has not done that to us. And imagine if he did. Well, thank you for listening to By Design. Uh, we, we appreciate you being here with us. Uh, go to our page, afa.net slash by design. You can follow us also on Facebook. But until next time, God bless.